Welcome to the Burnout Slayer podcast with your host, me, Charlotte Lester. I am so excited that you are joining us on this journey. I'm going to be bringing you the most inspiring, amazing interviews with the most incredible people. You are not going to want to miss a single episode. Now we're going to be delving in to all things burnout and business. Think of this podcast as a fly on the wall. We're going to be opening the curtains and letting you in on our conversations of what we really talk about, the behind the scenes of what business is really about. And we're also going to be helping you to build that awareness around burnout so you can make sure that you do not burn out while scaling your business. Sound good? Let's dive into this week's episode. Welcome to this week's episode. I am so, so excited because I am joined by the amazing Jill Moats. Now, Jill has been a lovely, lovely friend of mine for quite a few years now, and we live in Essex in the UK. We had very, very similar business models throughout, and Jill is just one of those amazing people that you meet, and she is the most, she's the biggest collaborator in business. She loves nothing more than helping people to get that next step up. This week's episode, we're going to cover things around confidence to step into your true self. We're going to give you a bit of a scoop on how business really looks early on. And just a little hint there is something about a transparent background. Be sure to keep a lookout for that. And we're also going to be giving you the recipe for success. Now, if you want to learn more, make sure you stay tuned for this week's episode. Welcome, Jill. Hi. I'm so excited to have this chat with you today. Jill, I am too. We have been friends for how long has it been, Jill? It's mm. been. Mm. I, I want to say maybe four years. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. It's. Yeah. Um, and it's been amazing because we came from the same industry. We were very much mm-hmm. aligned with it, but we mm-hmm. got along so well, didn't we? From the minute Absolutely. we yeah, met. Yeah, from day one. And we were just very, very aligned. So I'm so excited to have this conversation because I know there's so many good things that you are going to Yay. chat about and we're going to cover. I've been looking forward to it. It's so exciting. So let's start by, I know a lot about you, but let's start Mm -hmm. by introducing you to our lovely listeners. Yeah. Okay. So I'm Jill Mokes and I'm a business coach, mentor and growth strategist. Amazing. So, and you know, I'm just up the road from you in sunny Essex. (laughs) The Essex girls. The Essex girls unite. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I work, I work with female entrepreneurs all around the world most of my clients are in the coaching consulting industries um, or the branding worlds funny enough um, so those are kind of the kind of clients I work with now um, but as you say we come from like quite a similar background yeah. don't we so yeah. you know we both came up through the VA ranks and online business management into consulting so we've had a, quite a similar trajectory, really, yeah. um, which has been a bit of a ride. Yeah, so I've had lots of transitions in the last sort of three years, I guess, where everything's changed. And um, I used to have an agency, um, which I then obviously, as I moved fully into consulting, I couldn't do that anymore. Um, and so now, as I say, I'm working with female entrepreneurs mostly coaching now still some yeah. consulting but mostly coaching um I would say and that's my one-to-one work yeah it is it is a growing industry and I've just like actually just this last year I've really invested in getting um 
my ACC certification with the ICF, so um, which was really much more around personal coaching and life coaching than business coaching, ironically. Yeah. But it was so interesting. Yeah. Um, just, it was a real eye-opener in, in, in honing my actual pure coaching skills. Yeah. They come hands in hands though, don't they? Yeah. It's very I think much so. like, it, it's almost being able to give, I th- in all honesty, I think most coaches now need to be able to give that kind of mindset support as well as oh, the business yeah. support. Because, Absolutely. you know, as we know, business can be hard and we need to have someone that's going to relate to that, don't we? We need to have someone that 100%. can understand those yeah. mindset blocks and, and the blocks that we come up against. Yeah, it's funny. A lot of the women I work with will often apologise if they are really asking for coaching around something that they don't consider to be business coaching and they will often, yeah. often apologize for that and I always say you know do you know what there is no business coaching without life coaching that that just wouldn't exist pure yeah. business coaching in isolation would be a really flawed kind of business model yeah. um, because like you say there it is so intrinsically linked isn't it our mindset yeah. and how we're feeling about ourselves and our yeah business. Absolutely. Mm. And I know we're, we're, I'm going to delve into a bit about our kind of backgrounds and experience mm. of, of where we've kind of come from, because uh, I know people will be thinking, what's that transition? Because it's such a huge mm. transition from going to kind of BA all the way through to kind of consulting and coaching. Mm. And what kind of stemmed that? What was the main kind of factor for you to mm. make you want to make that journey? Yeah, that's an that's a great question. And I think it kind of I was always catching myself up. Yeah, I think, you know, so I when I was a VA, I was really operating at an online business manager level. Yeah. So then I kind of caught myself up and transitioned and and re represented myself as an online business manager. And when I was doing that work, I was really consulting, you know, yeah. I was doing a lot of work with clients around strategy and, um, and that kind of thing. Um, so again, I caught myself up and became repackaged myself as a consultant. And then I found that I was really working with clients who didn't just need consulting, they needed coaching. Yeah. Um, so that they could really push things forward in their business without someone telling them exactly what to do yeah um so it was all every step was quite a natural transition really I think I'd love Um, to know felt felt like it for me yeah I think it naturally has and it's Mm. been such an amazing journey to watch what would you say around kind of because I know I, I personally have suffered with this where I've thought this is the level that I am at so as Mm. as we were talking about just before we came on live and we were always at that kind of business management level even as VAs and how have how did you kind of get that confidence to be able to step into that title because Mm. I know some people will be listening and they'll think I'm acting at that level but that's just kind of what I like to do that's what Mm. I'm good at so I'm just delivering it but whereas actually you're undercharging and you're undervaluing yourself how do you get that confidence to be able to say no actually this isn't what I'm doing this isn't my job title because I am doing something that that I should Mm. be charging more for Mm. that's a great question too and I think I was helped by my own naivety in a way on that because I'd spent kind of almost 30 years in corporate before I actually but I might be exaggerating maybe about 25 but before I actually went freelance as a VA and um and I when I was in corporate I was an insurance underwriter I wasn't in even in an admin role um and my motivation was very much the wanting that freedom yeah freedom to work from wherever I wanted and whenever I wanted and with whoever I wanted yeah so I feel like that was my motivation to do it I didn't necessarily have the skills and I was so I just self-taught myself everything you know I had an interest in entrepreneurship really um so I really I kind of knuckled down and taught myself the, the 
a lot of the tools and systems that entrepreneurs yeah. needed and at that time I don't think I really even had a label on myself as a VA I was just like oh my god who can pay me to do this yeah because I'm really interested in doing this <laughs> <laughs> I just need someone to pay me yeah. anyone um <laughs> yeah so I think um Partly it was that naivety of not really having that experience to know whether I was a VA, an OBM, a consultant, whatever it was. Yeah. I was just doing what I was doing and I was getting better at it all the time. And I think having worked in corporate, you do get a confidence that is different to yeah. it. It serves you well. I mean, you you and I come from really similar yeah. backgrounds because you have corporate background too. And don't you think it kind of does give you an, a a boost of confidence when you've got a corporate background just yeah. because you you absorb a lot of entrepreneurial skills when you work in yeah absolutely I think for me in corporate I came from kind of PA business manager EA role yeah and I was very used to being that kind of support system around mm. and be the go-to person for everything and I mm. remember back in corporate I'm one of these people, probably, maybe, maybe I'm strange. I don't know, but I'm, I won't one have that <laughs> but I'm one of these people that I need to be challenged. And yeah. I, in all honesty, I actually found that role, that support role in itself boring. And mm. I become mm. complacent if I'm not mm. challenged. So I always found myself doing something else that was always giving me a step up to that next level. Yeah. And yeah other PAs or other EAs whoever around me my peers would say why are you doing that you're not getting paid to do that role I'd tell them I'm not doing that I've never had that that mentality I've I've always wanted to do more and I've always wanted to learn more and Mm -hmm. I think coming from being able to do that self-development like you said when you were a VA Mm -hmm. I had no clue how to run a business I'd come from corporate I come in I was like set up a website how on earth do I do that yeah. And you have to figure it out. And you have to figure it out. You can't afford to pay a fabulous yeah. website designer in those early days, can you? You, no. I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I bootstrapped everything in yeah. the beginning. I did everything myself. I didn't have my own VA until really the last three years, like two or three yeah. years. Like in the beginning, it was like I did everything. Yeah, I made um, so I many mistakes. to outsource anything yeah I, I I was exactly the same and I think you start out and whenever I know from the agency side for me when people would approach me and they are in that startup phase mm. I'll say you don't need a VA you yeah. do not need a like you don't you don't have the budget there to be able to have a VA and I don't want to put that stress on you to find that budget where you don't need it your your yeah. focus should be elsewhere and I think you know if I was to dig out my very first logo that I had it would be laughable oh don't (laughs) it looks terrible Um, I hadn't heard about transparent backgrounds no (laughs) (laughs) so that was a revelation to me (laughs) that's exactly the same and I think it's one of those things that I am so pleased that I did learn Mm. these things because Mm. There's an element that even now, uh, we were saying, we've got our own support people that help us now. Mm. But even now, I still want to know certain elements of things because I want to know the functionalities around it. Maybe I'm nosy. Maybe I just can't leave things alone. I don't know. I don't think it is that. Do you know what I think it is? I think it's as a bit, I think all business owners should be should make it their business to understand the workings. They may not ever want to have to implement anything, but I think that business owners should make it their business to understand the workings. Know how it works, yeah. Because if you don't, you have no way of knowing whether something could be done more efficiently. You're totally reliant on someone else to tell you that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's... yeah. A lot of clients that will come to me now, because there will be a lot of clients that we'll, we'll do streamlining with. And I know mm. 
people go, oh, streamlining, it means a terrible thing. And I, I, you probably feel the same. In corporate, it was a terrible thing because it meant yeah, people were yeah, losing exactly. their jobs. Yeah. Whereas actually in business, it's a positive thing because it's yes. not all about losing jobs. It's about streamlining down what's not working, what's not bringing you results. So you're not wasting your time on it. And you're not wasting your money outsourcing something that isn't right. bringing you anything back. Right. Um, so we do a lot of kind of streamlining around around that element of things mm. and the operational side. But a lot of clients will say, oh, well, I don't I don't really know how that works. Oh, well, I just send an email out and there's no consistency there because they don't really understand the foundational elements of it. Mm. It makes it very, very hard for business owners to then put strategies in place, which then absolutely can mean that they're then having to look around for strategies from from other people that may not necessarily be be kind of experienced in that strategy side yeah absolutely right but I think that's so important that people understand and can make decisions around the their strategy for their business themselves yeah it's good to get input from other people but actually someone like that's I think what you do with with your clients is amazing because I feel like you really empower your clients to be able to make the right decisions for their business. Yeah. But, that's you, but you don't just make the decisions for them. Yeah. And I think that's where you guys are like really set apart in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Oh, thank you. It's that that's kind of what I am. I'm all about being honest. And in all fairness, I mean, people will say, well, why are you why are you not taking a client on if they come to you and it's a sale? Like, why are you turning sales away? But for me as a person, it doesn't benefit me and it doesn't benefit the client. So what's the point? Where's the win in that? There's nothing there. So I want to make sure that they are using the right tools at the right time. And ultimately, the Burnout Slayer brands, which is the new look business of, mm. of what this podcast is about. Yeah. And it's all about preventing burnout and preventing yeah. our clients from burning out. If I'm just taking on clients because it's another sale, I'm just adding to their burnout because this is probably a bit controversial, but people will say to me about when I'm taking on clients and I might say, well, actually no it's not the right time maybe you need this tool you need that Mm -hmm. tool whatever Mm -hmm. because you really need to have those foundations and those systems set up before Mm -hmm. taking on a team member in my opinion Mm -hmm. um and clients will say well I've hired someone and and I'm like okay well great so how's it going they're like well I don't really know they're just doing this thing and I'm like okay so what's that bringing back to you and they don't know they it's not bringing them anything back and actually outsourcing or, or delegating to the wrong people can be a cause of burnout as well. Because what you're doing is you're chasing around this team member that you've outsourced something to that's not bringing you any money back. It's not bringing you any time back. And mm. it's just kind of a pointless, pointless task that's being done. Oh, you're so right. And also I feel like you add on to that a layer of kind of guilt around having possibly made the wrong decision yeah absolutely and I think as business owners we do that and then we try and rectify the decision somehow by by doggedly trying to make it work yeah you know it rather than just saying do you know what that was a rubbish decision yeah (laughs) and and kind of doing something about it quickly we'll hang on in there we'll make this work (laughs) that's it because I think we're so driven by people around us as well that we think well, they're outsourcing, so that's what I need to do. Whereas actually, outsourcing isn't for everyone at every single stage in their business. There's so many different elements and the support areas now has has grown so Mm. amazingly high where we've got Mm. VAs and we've got Mm. kind of OBMs. And I know we've spoken about this before, the kind of in-between VA and Mm. OBM roles. Yeah. And ultimately, there's just so many different areas that people can get that support with that, yeah. it's not just a case of thinking I know I'll hire a VA because they'll be able to do it for me because hiring the wrong person the wrong time leads you to burn out anyway you may as well not have that person in that seat yeah and I think a lot of the clients I work with as well are quite often they are outsourcing because they believe that that's what you do that's what you're meant to do yeah and the problem is quite often when you kind of trace that back it's because 
they're trying to implement strategies which they've been told they must do yeah and then you trace that back and it's because they're almost kind of trying to build a business that someone has told them has to look a certain way yeah and one of the things I work with my clients on is really really trying to get them to look at how to do things their way yeah and really regaining that sovereignty around making smart decisions for their business regardless of what anyone else does in their business yeah so having the and that's confidence again isn't it sometimes I think confidence to make the right decision for your circumstances not that you know you see people on LinkedIn Twitter Facebook Instagram TikTok and suddenly you're like dancing around yeah trying to do a reel like a mad woman <laughs> when you know it's like you don't have to do all of those things yeah if you actually trace it all back decide what's a great strategy for you and your business it could be that you don't even need to outsource half of what you thought you had to yeah but you can do it more strategically and outsource yeah. the right things absolutely I, I i agree so much and i love that about the, what you're doing now because it's all about building a business on their terms is is mm. how you say it. and yeah. I, I love that because I think that's so true mm. if you're building a business that's on your terms and you're going to feel good about it you're not going yeah. to feel stressed you're not going to feel overwhelmed you're going to feel good the energy is going to be there the right energy that's going to then attract the right people and the Absolutely. right clients oh I, I just think it's the it is if someone said to me what is the recipe for success yeah. that's what I would hone it down to yeah finding the confidence to do things your way yeah is the recipe for success and it's everything thing. else will come together after that yeah it's a big thing isn't it because ultimately yeah. I know I found this it was almost like I had to be there standing like I was standing there naked being like this is me you know everything's laid laid out yeah. there to be like this yeah. is me this is who I am I'm doing things differently and it takes a lot of courage to be able to do that it sure does definitely because but God, it is so worth it it's, it's so worth so it. worth it yeah absolutely and I, I just love the fact that it is all about people being able to build their business on their terms and what they want it to be because success isn't a cookie cutter you know what success is to me and to you would be completely different completely things different. yeah and absolutely. what we want from this and and why we created our business but ultimately we are then led to believe that we need to follow this cookie cutter strategy this is working this is making me millions mm -hmm. which then just leads us to be overwhelmed because we're thinking oh well I've got to do this thing I've got to do that thing and there's another new shiny object that I need to do and oh yeah you sign up to all these things, it takes up your time, it takes up your money, it takes up your sanity, and it just ends in a, a massive spiral of overwhelm. And you kind of end up starting to feel like you've fallen out of love with your business because absolutely right. I you're think not you doing do. what's right, what's right for That's you. It's happened to me before. It's happened definitely. to me. Yeah. Definitely. And I think one of the things that I'm very, very conscious of at the moment is the level of noise. Yeah. Internet. Yeah. You know, that like you need to cut through the decibels of the guru's voices because they are loud. You know, it's yeah. like every day there's a, someone new floating to the top of one of the other plat or the other platforms yeah with a very loud voice about this is this is the strategy you need to be doing yeah and I think if we're not if we don't learn how to as I, I always say to my clients I want you to do things your way and the highway yeah you know, it's not let's let's really hone in on what your way is and you can have everything yeah um and I think in, unless you do that then you're going to get seduced by everything damn guru out there who's going to yeah. tell you another and you're going to be switching and swapping and playing catch up the whole time yeah on your business and that is overwhelming and draining yeah that is a surefire journey to burnout yeah I I done that I done that early yeah, on I in have. business because I thought oh this person's for email marketing this person's for that this person's for this and actually when I was looking back I was thinking and when I look back now one of the main things that I now look at for someone that I'm following mm -hmm. or a mentor, coach, mm -hmm. whoever that may be, is have they walked in those shoes before? 
And because there's a lot of people out there, there's a lot of influencers, there's a lot of business owners that are earning millions, you know, they're doing amazing things that, as an example here, we'll start talking about outsourcing to VAs, whereas they've never been in that support industry to be able to kind of really give the what happens down in those trenches, what the difference is. And that's often Mm. when they kind of that's often where the confusion comes in around VAs is well I can just outsource it to a VA or a VA can just do that for you oh you don't like it just give it to a VA whereas it's that there's so much more involved before deciding on who to give it to and is a VA the right person because ultimately they may not be and I think there's yeah there's just this element of being able to to kind of feed through okay, who is the right person for me? What do I truly need at this moment in time? Because what also changes is your coaches and mentors, depending what stage you're at and what you need at that time. So if you are looking and you've got your systems in place, you've got your processes, you've got your foundation set up, maybe it is the right time to hire a VA. So Mm. would you then be looking at someone that's built a million pound business with email lists? No, you should be looking at someone that is in that industry or been Mm. in that industry. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I could not agree more. I think this, this, the whole influence, I think, you know, there is a huge industry growing around people teaching people to do things that they've never done. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a, yeah, it's a quite a, that's a worrying trend I think for me that's yeah. a worrying trend it is for me because I think um especially now I'll find a lot of clients will come to me because they've been burnt with VAs or mm. you know that mm. something's not gone well yeah. and ultimately when you dive into the reasoning behind that it's not mm. always the VA as such it, it's the advice that's been given it's around you know being told well you have to do this at, at this date and mm. going and doing that and they're not getting success so of course they're, they're spending out money they're, they're spending their time training this person mm. and they're not getting anything back so of course they're going to feel frustrated and mm. and angry and, and quite pissed off in all honesty yeah. around yeah. I'm not getting what I need so who is going to direct me into what I need what do I need because that's ultimately what people want is direction absolutely and when it doesn't go right they want to hold someone else responsible yeah absolutely. you know so it's it's very easy to then point at a VA and say well you know this isn't working well, no, yeah it's working because your strategy is wrong yeah <laughs> not because the VA isn't implementing it yeah absolutely yeah. and I wanted to kind of touch upon burnout because mm. I know from as you know I, I still run my agency you mm. ran an agency before mm. and agencies are kind of one of these models that and I've been there where I, I felt that I am on the road to burnout because yeah, yeah. You, you're pulled in so many different directions right I would love to know what your kind of advice would be around kind of running the agency side of things and how mm. Because I know we, we were talking about this before because mm. I was like, the agency to me has a place in what I call my new look business, which then outside a toolbox, mm. but it has its place because it helps our clients and, and it helps as kind of an implementation in the business management role. Yeah. But yeah. I know that you've kind of moved on now more to the coaching consulting side and left mm. the agency mm. kind, of, kind of back and, and mm. kind of decided to close the doors on that. I'd love to know kind of how did it feel about doing that because it's a scary leap isn't it and it's that it was scary and when I made the decision to do it I still had some very um some long-standing and well-loved clients on my books but actually the fact that I had these well-loved clients was one of the reasons that I ironically was one of the reasons that I decided that it wasn't right for me anymore yeah and that was because the thought of letting any of them down got really worrying for me and I found myself getting anxiety around it I I would really worry and I felt like it was outside of my control I was absolutely dependent on the VAs that worked for me doing a good job yeah absolutely and if one of them wanted to take an extended break and go on holiday, as they're absolutely entitled to do, you know, these are freelancers, that's why they do this job to have that freedom. But of course, it means that I 
then have to find someone to replace them yeah. for, for that client. And I would get anxiety around that. I would almost get to the point where I'd be like, oh, shall I just do it? But then I, yeah. couldn't, I didn't really have the time or the bandwidth to do that. Um, and it's certainly, I was too rusty to do it. You know, I'd, I'd kind of lost some of the knowledge I'd had about doing yeah. the implementation side. So that wouldn't have been right for the client either. Um, and it all got quite, yeah, it just became a bit of a burden. Um, yeah. The, the uh, worry and anxiety around it became a burden because I'm like you. It's like I can't just hire anyone. Yeah. And put them with a client. Yeah. And just take the money from the client and think, oh, there we go. I've, I've supplied them with someone. Yeah. And I know you think exactly the same. On, yeah. On this, and this is how you run your agency. It's like it would be wouldn't it be easy to do that? Yeah, and it's lots of people that do that. I know, (laughs) I know, but we're just not like that. And and I think, um, yeah, for that reason, it just got too much really. And and the the consulting and coaching part of my business was really growing quite quickly. So I didn't really have the bandwidth um, to do it, but it was such a difficult decision. It It really was a difficult decision to kind of have that final okay I'm actually not going to do this I'm going to have to find other homes for these clients I remember us talking around that time and I remember that you just so like oh I want to but it's kind of yeah it's it's a hard it's really hard because it's almost like you're you're closing the door on your first baby as such aren't you your first business baby and definitely because I think because my agency really like as a v as just a, a va myself not just a va as yeah. a VA myself that that role kind of I, i've traded under the same brand so glm virtual solutions was me as a va it was me as an obm and it was my agency eventually yeah so you know that brand had been with me from the beginning yeah with the with the non-transparent um logo <laughs> I've got, I've got to try and dig mine out. I've got, I'm going to yeah. have mine I think somewhere. we should name and shame those. Yeah, yeah, we should share them because yeah. It, yeah. it was so funny because when people yeah. say it's not perfect, I'm like, you've got to have seen some of the car crashes that I've had in designs and things yeah. <laughs> throughout my time. That's an interesting one, isn't it? Because we would never have got to, me and you sitting here having yeah. this conversation, if we'd been the kind of people that couldn't put out anything imperfect yeah there is no I mean am I right there's no way we could have done what we've done in the last four years yeah if everything had had to be perfect before we could ever move on to the next yeah and in all honesty I I am quite a perfectionist anyway and back then I thought it was amazing So, so actually, when I was saying that, what you were thinking was, what are you talking about, yeah. Joe? That was my best work. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, when you've looked at things, you're like, this looks great because you've never done design before. So yeah. Like, but you, you suddenly think yeah. you're like Saatchi and Saatchi. <laughs> this is good. <laughs> I don't know what people are moaning about. This is easy. Yeah. It was... It, it was like not using Canva, right? Because you didn't really know about Canva. When I found out about Canva, that was oh, a whole other ball game, game changer. I was like, game wow. But then I was using it to make my own things rather than using the templates. And they looked just as terrible. But <laughs> back then it was like I was really proud oh, of myself. I was really yeah. impressed. Yeah, and yeah. it's just that it's, it's the same thing. We're kind of just going out there and standing and being your own true self, isn't it? it, it you yeah, know, it is. It really it. is. And not worrying about the things that in the whole scheme of things really don't matter. Yeah. What matters is that work ethic, the ethos around wanting the clients to come first all the time and giving the clients a good job. The, the other like minutiae is are things that we can spend hours worrying about, but actually we're the only ones that are worrying about them. Yeah. No one else's clients don't mind about them. Absolutely. Those. Yeah. And there's, you know, it's having that, it's, it's kind of having that attitude of being, you know, things go wrong things happen and ultimately I think we can be our own biggest critics can't we when it comes to things yeah for sure you know especially this is another a big big sign when it comes to kind of burnout is that you're constantly feeling like you're never good enough you always need to do more and you always need to be more and ultimately it just leads us Mm. down this road of 
overworking and we're starting to feel that we're exhausted we're overwhelmed mm. we're we're falling out of love with what we used to love it could oh, be it's hobbies. A horrible feeling. It's, yeah it, it's just it's having that kind of ability to be able to realize that to be able mm. to pull ourselves back before it really hits burnout because I know we were talking about this earlier on before we came on live mm. and it's all around burnout for me most people that have had burnout will say it just happened you know it, it happened out of the blue and when they look back it didn't just happen this was months if not sometimes years mm. of constant feeling of overwhelm constant mm. stress and when you know people say oh well business you know if it, if it was easy everyone would be doing it you know it's meant to be hard but there's a difference between business being difficult and business leading us to burnout because right. if it's a constant feel of overwhelm a constant feel like you're having to push water up a hill and mm. you're exhausted from it you're gonna start to not want to do the things that you used to love that hobbies yeah. and and spending time with your family and working every single hour under the sun on your work because that's what you're told you have to do because mm. these big successful people in private jets that's what they do and yep. we don't get told and shown the truth behind that because these really successful people have got a whole army of people God, yes, that are absolutely. working with them right absolutely and, right and it's having that kind of transparency around that is having that realization mm. that actually we are one person if not a few people in a team if we have a team already we cannot do everything ourselves. and there's that element of of being able to sit there and work out what's working and where should we focus our time yeah, on and absolutely. by tracking I know I'll talk about numbers and metrics and but it's so true if you're not tracking your metrics and you're not tracking what's happening in business and you're not setting your processes and your foundations up you're not going to be consistent so then your metrics that you're tracking are not going to be accurate because mm. you're not doing it consistently so you can't there's always this kind of rule of 90 days where you do something consistently for 90 days mm. and at the end it kind of gives you that result of whether or not it's working or whether or not it's not and yeah. that's predominantly why I always plan on 90 days and I'll do my overviews and everything because everything is based around 90 days. Mm -hmm. And if I get to that 90 days and it hasn't brought me something either financially or time or joy, whatever that may be, mm -hmm. I scrap it and then mm -hmm. I do something else. Or if it's bringing a bit of a return, so it's working slightly, it's all about seeing that and then making those little tweaks or those yeah, little Yeah, how can you tweak it? yeah to make it work better mm. and ultimately I think what people end up doing is they'll see these new strategies and I think I need to do that rather than actually replacing a strategy with that new one they'll mm. add it on and mm. then they'll see another one and they'll add it on and then ultimately they then end up with this huge list of strategies and things they have to do and they think how on earth am I going to get through this absolutely and that just then leads them into this overwhelmed spiral of mm. I don't know where to start. I don't know mm. what to do and procrastination city. And, you know, mm. it's all these things that you then sit there and, and these are the contributors of what people that have been burnt out have felt because they've just yeah. been like, I wish that I could have stripped it back. I wish I'd known that actually don't just add strategies to your list, like remove strategies as well. Yeah. You, you know, yeah. you can edit these things. You can amend them to make them work for you absolutely and I think this comes back again to doing it your own way yeah you know having the courage to say do you know what I know I'm not going to have 10 things that I have to do yeah. I'm going to decide that for me I'm going to have two things I'm yeah. going to go all in on those two things I'm going to do them really well yeah um and I love the 90 day thing I think that is so good yeah so good because if people got really consistent around doing that so try something, 90 days, evaluate it, what worked, what didn't work, tweak it, try again for another 90 days. There's, there's such a good um, flow to that. People yeah. are going to get meaningful data at the end of it and be yeah. able to base their decision on something. Yeah. Um, so I, I just love the 90 day thing. I really do. Yeah, I think it works so well. And I yeah. think it's just something that I base everything around because... Mm. 
it does it, it forces me to be able to see if something's working it also forces me to be consistent which I know a lot of people will say I, I, a lot of people will say to me you're so consistent with your content or you like I know with your content that's going out I know it's going mm. to be going out I know what's going to be happening with it mm. how are you so consistent with it and it's just because there will be little tweaks that I'm making every 90 days or mm-hmm. however long that may be but it's just a case of being able to have those processes and those systems there yeah. for me to really know what I've done and it also removes that overwhelm because I totally. have you ever sat there Jill is this just me I'll just sit there without a system and process and I think I've done that thing last week I've got to do that again this week oh no it's been really stressful there's loads going on how did I do that or how did I do that thing so off you go to go and google and you think how did I do that and it's taking you double if not triple the amount of time as well it would if you just recorded the steps when you did it the first time you could revisit it yeah yeah totally I was going to be really mean and say no that's never happened yeah (laughs) Uh, that's why I was saying, is this just me? <laughs> Definitely not just you. <laughs> Definitely me too. In fact, I, I'm actually, um, at the. Uh, this is one of the things I'm really passionate about with my clients. Some of the clients I work with are still solopreneurs. You know, they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're building their businesses from the ground up. And they sometimes look at me as if I've gone mad when I say, well, I want you to start recording and building out SOPs. Yeah, standard operating procedures you know and it's like they're like oh my god that's so corporate that's total over yeah it's just me and I always say you will thank me for it you will yeah. thank me for it in the long run because number one you will not not have to go around searching on google how to do something again next time yeah. number two when you do start growing and scaling your business and building a team you're already gonna be ahead of the game you're gonna be able to just make like maybe quarter your training time yeah because you're just going to be able to give them this library of SOPs that basically just details how things are done in your business yeah people shy away from things like that don't they because they think oh that's very that's very cool pride yeah but actually if you just think of it as this is how things are done around here plan yeah (laughs) it really makes sense yeah and it takes away that worry that most Mm. business owners will have around well it's not done my way because if you've documented it's done your way you know and absolutely it it helps so much and I always say I always use this example because some people will say well I I don't have time for SOPs but then they go off and they hire someone and say they spend three hours with this person training that person they've spent their three hours training this person that person is also spent the three hours being trained and you are then paying that person the three hours they're getting trained and you're paying yourself to sit there and train that person whereas you could have maybe done an overview in 30 minutes and gave them a process and off they went you know and and nowadays it's not even like you have to do a word document and type out the process yeah get loom just record yourself doing it that's it yeah. SOP's done it's, it doesn't have to be difficult or a heavy lift yeah that's the thing and in all honesty I, I'm I'm well against kind of word document ones because mm. I I feel that is corporate you know for me personally yeah. if I went into a business uh, from kind of the support side and they gave me this word document that was huge and it mm. was like say three pages long and it was just mm. steps of what I needed to do I'd sit there and be like hmm that's nice and then I'll go and work it out myself because yeah. I it, think most it's people so time you consuming. Just, yeah. You don't yeah. follow them. And but a quick video that actually shows you yeah. what to do. Brilliant. And make it user friendly as well, because um a lot of people will come back to me and they'll say, Oh, well, I've had systems put in place and I'm like, Okay, great. So how are they working? And they're like, Well, I don't really use them, haven't really <laughs> maintained them, oh, I haven't used them for about two years. And I'm like, Well, yeah. they're redundant. Like you we may as well yeah. be starting again because yeah. they've not been maintained. And that's one of the biggest things I think that people find is they say, Oh, well, I haven't got the time to do these processes, these SOPs. But actually, they have got the time. It's just that they've crammed too much into their business. This comes down to the strategies again. You know, like if you're adding on like dancing on your reels on Instagram and you don't like dancing, you don't want to do that. And, you know, you've got all these other strategies there and you're thinking, well, I need to make SOPs for every single one of these. 
Whereas actually not every one of these is working for you and not every one of these is needed. So get rid of the ones that aren't needed Mm -hmm. and concentrate your SOPs on the ones that do. That's also going to give you more of a focus to streamline to do the things that you need to be doing. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. And way less stressful. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I'm not a dancer on reels at all. I I want to be. I really want want to be that person. I do. We're not that person. It's just not. No, it's not going to happen. I I was debating it for a very long time because I thought, you know, reach is great. So I should be doing it. And everyone's telling me you need to be doing this. And I was like, dancing's really not for me. I'm just going to make a complete hit of myself. It's it's just not going to happen. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I know. I hear you. I have a client and she's a business coach um, and she uh, she was always very adamant. No not doing reels yeah I can't bear it make me cringe they make me cringe but then she found this way of doing them that really played into she's like quite into amateur dramatics and that kind of thing yeah she does these kind of sketches so there's no dancing it's it's very much these kind of sketches they are phenomenal yeah they are absolutely brilliant you know if you're that kind of person then yes do the reels yeah absolutely (laughs) I'm not and it's finding what's comfortable for you yeah and doing it your way yeah and it's not saying you can't do reels because Mm. you know like I said it would be I was just very much you know when a new feature comes out on Instagram or social media you're the reach is always going to be better you're always going to be fighting to get that reach but actually you don't need to do it as you know the 18 year olds are doing it with these Mm. dancing up the stairs and Mm. whatever else happens because Mm. I'm going to fall down the stairs and break my leg or break my neck or, or something like that. That's just, you know, it's probably got to get the entertainment factor, but it's, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's going to get the ratings. Well I don't think it's, <laughs> I don't think it's a sustainable strategy. <laughs> just throwing yourself down the stairs. <laughs> so yeah, no, it's not for me. And it leads to all sorts of things. I think when we start yeah. overthinking things, so keeping Definitely. it fun, lighthearted, yeah. enjoyable. Yeah. And what we like Absolutely. to do. Yeah. I would love to know. I'm going to go on to two questions that I'm asking everyone. Okay. And it's around burnout. So surprise, surprise, mm-hmm. on the Burnout podcast. And the first one is: what would you say is your number one tool to prevent burnout? Because as we've touched upon, most mm. people say burnout just happens, you know, it's it, yeah. it just came out the blue, whereas actually it doesn't. But what would what would be the steps that you would incorporate or do incorporate to make sure that you don't burn out? Because yeah, yeah. especially from the agency side, you, you can be pulled in so many different mm. directions mm. that ultimately sometimes you can feel that you are on that road. So oh, like, yeah. for me, Absolutely. it's really a case of being able to, to realise that I am on this road and to pull myself back and to make sure that I start going into the present and keep some time for me because Mm. people say I haven't got time to be me Mm. but actually if you make time for yourself you're a lot more productive and Mm. you're looking after your mental well-being and your physical health so I'd love to know what your your tool would be around that yeah so so I think for me one of the signs for me that I was kind of inching towards a burnout at one point in my career was that I wasn't sleeping yeah I would be waking up in the middle of the night and I'd be on my phone. I'd be checking emails. I'd be, you know, just, I never switched off. Yeah. I would wake up remembering things I hadn't done. And a lot of it was because I tried to pack too much into every day. Yeah. I was doing nothing but work. You mentioned earlier on, you know, when you stop doing your hobbies, you're not spending time with your family because work has become all consuming. And it got to the point where I wasn't even sleeping at night in this time when I could have been resting and switching off from it. And so what made a difference for me was really trying to, and I'm not great at embedding routines in my life. Yeah. I'm really not. But a bedtime or an evening routine has changed so much for me. I'm now one of the smug people that doesn't take their phone to bed with. Oh, you need to tell me your secret there, Jill, because I am guilty for oh, that. It's, and it's so hard. Honestly, it's ridiculous. It's like a crack habit. It's, <laughs> I mean, just fighting the urge to do it. At first, at, at first, I would just kind of leave it next to the bed and say, right, I'm not going to check my phone. Yeah. And then I'd be like a spy in the night. <laughs> 
can anyone see me bright bright light (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly so now my phone goes into a drawer here next to me at the end of night not not before I go down not when I finish work because obviously I'm on my phone in the evening with friends and things like that and work I'll check my emails up until when I when I come up to go to bed but when I come up to go to bed it goes in here so that it's not in my bedroom at night yeah because otherwise it's just too tempting to keep checking it and also I was finding that I was the first thing I was doing on opening my eyes in the morning was looking at my phone sometimes I my eyes would be stinging because I'm still half asleep and I'd still be like one one eye closed trying to focus on my phone and you know I for that right I think lots of people are I was it was such a habit that I had to break and 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 it has made Charlotte honestly it's made a big difference yeah I think really has for me I spoke for me and this isn't an excuse at all but I use the app called Calm you know I think I I think I mentioned before yeah um, I do love that app I love it. I found it. It is so funny because some mm-hmm. uh, some of my team are um, GDPR experts, and one of the stories on there. I don't know if you've seen it, Jill. Is um, the story around GDPR so- what, to send you to sleep at night? <laughs> oh my god, that does not actually surprise me. <laughs> and I sent. I had wow. to take a picture because I thought about the team members straight away, and I was like, "I've it was Joe," and I was like. I've got to send you this because it's just so funny. That'll get you straight. That you brought up like a light. (laughs) But I can't bring myself to listen to it because it won't send me off to sleep. It will make me start worrying about, oh, am I being compliant? (laughs) (laughs) So I'm I'm dodging that one, but it does make, it does amuse me when I see it. But I always use, I'll go to bed and I always have a sleep story or I have one of the sleep meditations on. Mm. So I'll have either Mm. one of those. Mm. Um, So I think that's been my, it's probably my excuse that I use in order I think that's fine if that's what you're using it for but I think it's like does that allow you to not check it in the night if you wake up not be the first thing you look at in the morning I think those two things probably would be yeah I I would really fight myself all the way and going back to to having the phone yeah right now Absolutely. I think it's something I'm still guilty of, of doing it in the morning. I'll wake Mm. up and, Mm. you know, ultimately I'm I'm governed by emails and other things that are coming through because that starts my day off. And, Mm. you know, not every email is going to be a great email. So Mm -hmm. you open up an email and then if it's a rubbish one, you're going to feel crap for the rest of the day, aren't you? Mm -hmm. So Mm. it's doing things on your terms, isn't it? Again, I'd love to be able to put the phone away. And then be like, okay, well, the time is now. I'm, I've done my run in the morning. I'm back. I'm in work mode. Now I'll check my emails. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I've never got around to doing that. So I need to work on that. I would really. <laughs> she, said, she says with her smug face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love your we won't. We won't touch on all of the other bad habits. <laughs> we'll stick with that one. <laughs> I love your pictures in the morning because you put a picture up I think it must have been last year maybe (laughs) and it was of your mug in your garden I think it was and it was just like greenery and it was just so serene and beautiful and I was like I'm so jealous I would love that to be my morning wake up where I just sit there have breakfast have my drink and just watch the world go by yeah yeah I'd love to say that's what I do every day that wouldn't be true yeah I must admit (laughs) I do I do resist emails until after I've had that cup of tea or cup of coffee yeah yeah and next one is probably a bit of a tough one because it's number one tool around Mm. recovering from burnout so I Mm. think for me not everyone is going to have been in that burnout stage that's why I mean I think it's yeah. probably quite a tough yeah. one to answer but I think for me in order to be able to recover from burnout and I, I can't say that I have fully been in that mm. burnout stage I've been mm. very very close right but yeah. clients that I've had and people that I know that have been in that stage have kind of felt that actually their number one priority when they are in that stage is their health because ultimately when we're in burnout everything our bodies kind of shut down as such Mm. I was talking about this earlier on in a podcast because Mm. we start getting ill we start getting migraines constantly 
we start feeling exhausted we start Mm. or ultimately maybe even feeling quite depressed that we can't Mm. get out of bed Mm. so it it kind of stems from not only being kind of the mental side of things now to actually the physical side of things so it I think it's 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 kind of treated as such as as like depression really in that you need to look at yourself and be in the present and look at your health before anything Mm. else because you know as we know without your health you've got nothing else around you because you need your health to be able to to be the best version of yourself so what would your tool be I'd love yeah, to know. I I think mine would be reaching out to someone yeah asking for help because I've always been someone who I think I'm quite guilty of wanting everyone to think everything with me is great yeah so then if I have to be vulnerable and say, do you know what? I've made a mistake here and this isn't great. Or I've taken on too much here and I can't cope. Yeah. That would feel really uncomfortable to me. Yeah. And I think I, I, I think a lot of people will relate to that. It's like there's, there is still a stigma about mental health and, yeah. uh, you know, that, that there so shouldn't be now, but there is. So I think our, our, we, we kind of feel inclined to not let on how bad things are because we yeah. want people to think with me I, I know with me one of the things is I, I love people praising me for how yeah. well I cope with things yeah oh God, you know you do so much aren't you amazing you do so much how do you yeah. do like that and I love that I suck that up yeah so then having to then kind of almost like shatter this illusion of superwoman yeah that, that I've worked so hard to give out to people was really really difficult yeah um but I think putting that to one side and actually being honest and yeah. and reaching out and saying you know I'm really not coping well I need to make a change yeah or I need some help here I need some support yeah I think is that would be my number one tool because yes trying to cope with that kind of stress level yeah on your own can feel very crushing yeah absolutely and it's you almost you don't have the headspace to know what you need or what you want and you just know that you need something and it's almost being able to have that person to be able to say look I'm not in a good place I don't know and even though uh, I mean for me I've got OCD I know you know Jill and yeah there will be times where I I just have like OCD episodes especially in the last year with COVID and everything else happening yeah and it's it's around a check-in OCD and I will go into this spiral of almost depression sometimes where I get myself so worked up about having to check things and that in turn Mm -hmm. comes from being stressed out if I'm stressed and there's overwhelmed and there's a lot happening my OCD really really that's how it it manifests in your yeah and it it will come out and Mm. when it does come out it's you know my husband will say to me what can I do and actually there's nothing that you can do Mm. but you just be there and and knowing that he's there and knowing that he's acknowledged it and noticed that you yeah I would imagine that must feel comfortable yeah and and that yeah it's the same sort of thing where you kind of you just need someone to be there or to just understand Mm -hmm. or listen you know and Mm -hmm. I think that's something that a lot of the time especially when our lives are so busy you can almost feel like you want to reach out to someone but you don't want to be a hindrance or you feel that yeah. you're oh yeah that's another giving that yeah. yeah and I think it kind of comes as like a female territory as well because mm-hmm. I think as females we kind of feel this need to have to do everything to yeah and be in control of everything and, and yeah and to know everything and to to be that person and ultimately you know we no matter how much we want to be superwoman you know we, yeah. we can't yeah it, no it's absolutely um so yeah no I completely agree with that I love I love that because that's completely different now answer to what we've had so far so it's got to be really really oh, it's really good that we've that we've good. covered it yeah 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 um so yeah oh I love this Jill thank uh, you me, so too. Much. me too it's so can I just say um you know, I love talking to you anyway, you know. That. Yeah. But I think this conversation's just been so interesting to me. Um, and really has brought it home to me how 
just something we touched on before about when you can step into your real self yeah and and get rid of the rubbish that comes around the expectations other people have of what it takes to grow a business yeah things like being able to talk about vulnerability and feeling burnt out or feeling stressed and not having to present a perfect facade becomes a lot easier and then that in itself protects you from burnout absolutely and I I think that's the best thing because people will say to me where I'll be like oh there's so much happening it's really stressy or there's a lot happening or I'm, I'm really stressed out I can't deal with that at the moment I need to be focusing on this but then from the outside people will think that you've got it all sorted and it's almost that yeah. you have to put on this persona of yeah everything's fine everything's perfect and mm. you know I've got this sorted I can go and sit on the beach all day and you know I, I'm fine I've got loads of time whereas in reality that you know that's not what happens yeah. Yeah. and I think exactly. I love the fact that we're doing this podcast because I, I just want to bring out the realities around business and around the the real kind of emphasis around burnout and the fact yeah. that even if you haven't had burnout there's still that kind of awareness aspect of being aware of it so you don't hit that stage because burnout's more than just feeling exhausted and overwhelmed it you know many people don't don't come back from burnout because they get there and then they start blaming their business for the burnout so they start thinking I never or they lose all their confidence exactly and can't get it back and and just and they just think it's almost like that scared I'm not going back to that I'm protecting myself because mm. that sent me into burnout I'm never doing that again and that breaks my heart that people oh, me do that so, it's one of the reasons behind as you know I've been working on the yeah agenda, and it's one of the reasons that that came about was I just feel I want to band women together yeah to look out look out for each other yeah and you know because we can do so much when we all come together and and stop kind of competing and yeah and and trying to project this perfect influence of facade or you know when we actually go back to being real honest decent human beings and yeah. looking out for each other and and kind of cheering each other on I, I think life and business will just be so much more enjoyable yeah and it is I, I'm yeah I, I put friendships and everything before anything in business because yeah. and I know we've spoke about this before Absolutely whereas right. going back to us both having an agency a lot of people would look at that and be like huh like you're friends with someone that's got oh like, yeah exactly yeah. the same thing that's and right actually I'd yeah. be like but actually the reasoning behind our agencies were just different we there was mm-hmm. different elements there and I think actually even though we were serving the same people we were doing the same thing we still could work together in a oh, way and 100%. collaborate and we always that was just never an issue for us was it, it no was always we both always had a very abundant mindset around you know there's plenty of clients to go around yeah we never had to and and really on paper we were competitors we we're even living yeah. in the same county exactly right <laughs> you know this doesn't get much kind of <laughs> much closer and competitive. That. but but it just never was like that yes um which I love yeah and I think it I think more should be that way I think because I really do it just makes things so much more enjoyable and it's someone that you can relate to in your industry so you know that like we've had conversations we've like we've been can you believe this yeah (laughs) (laughs) can you believe this has happened and oh my god like this is so frustrating and things that would be happening in the industry whereas only you would know that in this industry someone else that's in another industry wouldn't understand to the same extent so I think a hundred percent I can't wait because we've got to talk about that in a minute about your new offering (laughs) um but yes thank you so so much I know there's so many amazing things that are going to come out of here so Mm. tell us more about where where our listeners can find you and I know yeah. you've got something really exciting to share. I do. I've been working on a new project, being very careful not to burn out over it. Yeah. Actually. Good. And actually, that's true. You know, I often have you in my ear when I'm thinking yeah. about that. Of like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Step up the gas. <laughs> <Step away. laughs> um, 
So in terms of where people can find me, so I'm at Jill Mokes on Instagram um, and that's also who I am on LinkedIn and on Twitter. Don't even bother looking at Twitter, I'm hardly ever on there. Like I say, I just pick a couple of platforms, <laughs> don't bother looking at Twitter, ignore that. <laughs> um, I love Instagram, I like Facebook, but for Facebook, I'm more going to be there under my new project. Um, so in November, I'm going to be launching the Founders Society, Yay. which I am so excited about. It's going so, to be incredible. I mean, it's it came about because it was the thing I wanted to join and couldn't find. Yeah. Um, and so I just thought, you know, I, I have to create this myself because I felt so passionately about it. I wanted a place online where it was like a genuine net opportunity to network with other people like me people who are growing their businesses and who aren't too proud to learn from each other and also want to collaborate with other people and want to find clients and want somewhere they can promote themselves not all these groups that say no promotions you know yeah. only listen to me I wanted it to be like like a really flat hierarchy so I think it's going to be quite exciting. So there's half of it is the networking part, which is just going to be amazing and exciting in its own right. The other half is the Business Academy. And this is going to be something really quite different because it's going to be somewhere where entrepreneurs like us can consume masterclasses in areas that we are lacking, stuff that we need to sharpen our saw around. We can learn from experts in their fields. And then we can also contribute masterclasses to the platform so that we can teach other people the things that are in our zone of genius. Yeah. So I think it's quite a different model. So it's quite experimental. I yeah. hope it's going to work really well. I think it will. I really it believe will. that there's a need for it. Um, and I think everything about it feels really abundant to me. Yeah. I can't wait. You know, can't there's wait no, it. none of this kind of, yes, promote yourself, but promote everyone else too. Yeah. Yes, contribute a masterclass, but also listen to, uh, learn from other people, take them up on their calls to action to get on their email list, start learning from them. You know, I want it to be a really, like a safe space where people can promote themselves and learn from other yeah. people absolutely and so I'm very excited. thank you there's a wait list now if anyone wants to get on it so yeah perfect and I'll put the link in the show notes as well so we can thank you get that there but it's Aww. so exciting I can't wait for it and that's in November and, um, Charlotte also has very very graciously agreed to become one of my founding partners mm -hmm as well so there will be some content from her there'll be opportunities to learn from charlotte which will just be amazing yeah you're not gonna be able to miss me anymore because i'm going to be everywhere <laughs> i love it it's my dream come <laughs> thank you so so much jill my pleasure it's been so good thank you wow burnout slayers what an episode that was this week we have loved recording this episode and i really really hope you have loved listening to it now our mission is to help as many female business leaders as possible to scale their business without burning out we want to give them the tools that they really need in order to slay that burnout and we need your help if you love this podcast, please help us spread the word by sharing it with your network on socials and tag us. We love to hear from you. And also make sure that you subscribe and leave us a review. It would mean the absolute world to us. Until next time. Bye.